and welcome to The Unstuck Club, the bite-sized podcast which helps you to get unstuck and build a life which makes you happy. I'm your host Jo, your life coach and happiness psychology enthusiast and I want you to use this podcast as though you've got a personal life coach cheering you on, sending you voice notes to help you navigate life. So if you've ever felt stuck in your life and found yourself wondering, is this what life is really all about? Then you're in the right place. Each episode, we'll dive into a topic to help you to get unstuck using life coaching tools and the psychology of happiness. And we'll always end on a question designed to make you pause, think and support you to getting yourself unstuck. So let's get going. and welcome to the Unstuck Club podcast. Last week I talked all about three steps that you can put in place to help you to change your mindset and to help you to decrease your negative self-talk and this week I'm going a little bit further into that. So with the three things that I mentioned last week included recognizing it, challenging it and changing it and when it comes to recognizing it and challenging it something that's really helpful is to understand what type of negative self-talk it is. And so in order to help you do this, this episode is going to be listing out 11 different thinking errors, which you might currently be putting in place to help you to recognise what thinking errors you're currently using and going about within your daily life, and therefore to help you to fully recognise them and challenge them in order to change them. So these thinking errors include catastrophizing. So it's very likely, you know, this is a really common one. So it's likely that you've done this or been doing this before. And catastrophizing is essentially assuming that one thing leads to another, which leads to another and the worst possible outcome will happen. So for example, that might be if this date goes badly, I will never meet anybody ever again. It's that idea of this one tiny event is catastrophizing onto a huge outcome, which isn't necessarily the case, you're catastrophizing that outcome. So if you find yourself catastrophizing, what you want to do is to think to yourself, okay, what is the actual reality of this situation? So yes, this date might go badly, but what does that actually mean? And essentially what it means is sometimes people don't get on. Sometimes dates don't get well, go well. That's what it means. It does not mean the catastrophic outcome that you're kind of picturing in your mind. The next thinking error is all or nothing thinking. And that is essentially where you can see there are two possible outcomes of this. It's either going to go absolutely brilliantly or it's going to go horrifically wrong. So for example, that might mean if I get this job, then I am going to put myself in a really good position where I earn more money. I'm going to love the job. I'm going to enjoy life more. I'm going to be so much happier. If I don't get this job, I'm going to be miserable. I'm not going to be able to afford to pay, um, you know, to move to a bigger flat. I'm never going to actually enjoy my day-to-day life whilst I work here. And it's that kind of, it's either all or nothing, rather than recognising the spectrum of things in between. If I don't get this job, I'm going to continue to apply to other jobs until I find one that I love. Or if I don't get this job, I'm going to look at what I can put in place in my existing job to try to help me to feel more content in my day-to-day. If I don't get this job, I'm going to look at getting a hobby so that I can kind of increase my happiness outside of work. So it's that kind of all-or-nothing thinking And if you're finding yourself a kind of victim of all or nothing thinking, it's that asking yourself, okay, what are the other things? What's the spectrum in between this all or nothing that might be true? 
The next one is fortune telling. So this is the idea of, I just, I know I'm going to really screw up in that meeting. I just know that it's not going to go well. Or I know that so-and-so is going to get that job. I know that I won't get that job. And this type of fortune telling can be really, really unhelpful. And if you find yourself a victim to fortune telling or your mindset kind of doing this negative fortune telling, it's just about challenging that and, you know, asking yourself, what is actually true? What do you know to be true? And maybe what you know to be true is other people are going for this job that are well qualified. You don't know for a fact that you won't get it. And what, how can you use what you know to be true to your advantage? So how can you prove yourself better in that interview in order to hopefully get the outcome that you want to get? The next one is mind reading. So that is assuming that you know what other people are thinking. So it might be, uh, if I don't go to this event, then everyone's going to hate me and they're going to think that I'm really flaky and you know, they're not going to want to be my friend anymore. It's jumping to that conclusion of what you think that other people are going to be thinking about you, what you think's going through, what you think is going through other people's heads. And if you find yourself mind reading, what you need to remember is you cannot possibly know what is going on in other people's heads. You physically cannot mind read and understand that so remind yourself that you physically cannot mind read and if it's bothering you maybe it's a conversation that you want to have you know maybe it's something that instead of mind reading you want to have a conversation with whoever it is that you're kind of mind reading in your mind see how they actually feel about a situation and have that kind of open dialogue in order to give you a bit more clarity on what you're feeling the next one is overgeneralization. So if you ever find yourself saying something like, oh, I'm always unlucky, bad things always happen to me, that is a massive overgeneralization. And again, if you spot yourself doing this, what you want to be doing is just distinguishing once again, fact from fiction. Is that actually true? Are you always unlucky? Can you go back through and think about the times that that hasn't been true and that you have been lucky? What can you do to help you have a more realistic view on what your situation is that isn't this kind of overgeneralization situation. The next one is labeling. So this is where you give yourself a label based on one thing that has happened. So for example, if you are, you know, if you fail an assignment to label yourself as I am a failure. I am a failure because I have labeled, sorry, I am a failure because I have failed this assignment. Once again, if you notice that you're, you know, a kind of victim of that labeling mentality, really question yourself, is this true? Where are the times that you haven't been a failure? Where are the times that you have been a success? What evidence is there to support the fact that this statement, this label that you're giving yourself isn't actually true? The next one is demands. And this is where you're assuming that you should feel or you should behave a certain way. So for example, I shouldn't be feeling sad right now because I'm really lucky because I've got, you know, my health and my family and people around me who love me. So I really shouldn't be feeling like this. And it's that kind of putting unrealistic demands on yourself as to how you should behave and how you should feel and how you should act. So again, if you find yourself being the victim of this, you know, demand mentality, this is a case of asking yourself, you know, noticing that word should. What? Why is it that you're putting that demand on yourself? Where can you cut yourself some slack? You are a human being. You are entitled to feel certain feelings. You are entitled to react and behave in certain ways. And reminding yourself of that can be really, really helpful. 
The next one is tunnel vision. And we're all quite guilty of doing this when it comes to things like positive versus negative feedback. And that tunnel vision is where you notice one thing and you just focus on that. So for example, if you are giving a presentation at work and one person leaves it early to take a phone call, and you know the remaining 12 people all stay in the room smiling and nodding but you leave that presentation and you think oh, I don't think that went well because so-and-so left it to take a phone call so it must have been really unengaging and it's kind of just focusing that tunnel vision on that one person that one piece of negative feedback rather than seeing the whole picture so again it's just about challenging yourself what is the truth of the matter what here are you focusing on and what other things are you ignoring and you know, encourage yourself to look outside of that tunnel and to see that positive feedback, to see everything else that's going on outside of that tunnel vision that you've set yourself. The next one is minimising and maximising. So this is essentially minimising all of the positive significant events and maximising the significance of all of the negative events. So for example, if you had a 360 degree feedback at work and you got feedback from five different people and four of them said how brilliant you're performing and one person said that they thought that you were underperforming you will focus on the underperforming you will maximize the significance of how important that one person's piece of feedback is and you'll be minimizing the significance of how important the other four people's piece of feedback is and if you find yourself doing that that's just a case of highlighting look at how brilliant this other piece of information is, you know, looking at how far you've come, looking at the other positive events and trying to maximise how you feel about those events. The next one is personalising. So this is where you overplay your impact on a negative event that might happen. So it might be that you are Uh, you know, you go out for dinner for your birthday and you get the impression that people aren't really having that good a time and you think, oh God, it's my fault that nobody's getting on. It's my fault that, you know, the conversation isn't flowing and kind of focusing on it being your fault that these things are happening. And how you can kind of combat that is to have a think about who else is responsible. What else is responsible? So with this example, there are, you know, four different people here, if the conversation isn't flowing, it's 25% me, it's not 100% me. So it's things like that, that you can kind of have a think about what are the other impacts that may have caused this that aren't just to do with me. Then the next one is externalization. And this is almost exactly the opposite of personalizing. So it's when you essentially don't take any responsibility for your role in a situation. And you see it as though, you know, the universe is responsible, someone else out there is causing this failure, for example. So that might be something like, oh, I'm always missing this bus, it's someone out there hates me, because I'm always missing the bus. Or, it might be a case of thinking like, oh, for God's sake, the bus timetables, they never they never run to time. Um, it's the fault of the bus timetable. That's the reason that I'm late. Rather than thinking to yourself, actually, how might I be able to improve this situation in the future? You know, how, how mu- is it my responsibility that this has happened? And, you know, if you find yourself doing this, again, that's just a case of, and both of these last two, it's a case of recognising what you are and what you aren't responsible for. And if you find yourself leaning too much in one direction, either what you are or what you aren't responsible for, 
it might be useful to sort of journal it down, you know, what did I have control over in that situation? What don't I have control over in that situation to help you to start to get a kind of more realistic view on that? So this was a longer episode than I planned it to be because there's so much detail in these 11 different thinking errors. But hopefully in knowing what these errors are, you can start to recognize when you're using them and then you can start to challenge them. So the question that I'm going to leave you with in this episode is which of these thinking errors have you used in the past week? Thanks so much for listening to the Unstuck Club podcast. If you found this helpful, then don't forget to share it with friends, drop me a rating or hit subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode. Until next time, I hope you have a really lovely week ahead.